Hey, Anne, it's such an honor to have you on the show. It's good to be here, Deepak. Thanks for asking me to join you. Let's go into a little bit of personality questions. If you were the governor of North Carolina for one day, what would you do? I think I would probably um, sit down with the um, leadership of the legislature and the cabinet and kind of have a summit. What are the new, what are the issues that are not now issues but are coming down the pike? And how can we work together to make sure that our state is prepared, not just for the next year or two, but for the next 10, 20, 30 years? Good answer. If you had to change one rule in the state government process, what would that be? One rule. Only one rule? There's only one rule? Sure. Like the most important one, I guess. The most important is... Um, Wow. Honesty and integrity is all that matters. Okay. If you weren't a lobbyist, what would you be? Oh, well, I'm not a lobbyist. I am a lobbyist, but I'm much more than that. I'm a government relations consultant. And if I were not in this crazy business that I'm in, I would probably do one of two things. One is I would either own and operate a gourmet Italian food store, or I would be a physical therapist. Ooh, wow. That's so cool. Can you tell us um, if there was any situation where you were so impressed with a fellow government relations peer that you wanted to emulate that? I've worked with a lot of people in my day, and I think I've learned a less lessons from all of them. Um, I would say the three lessons I've learned, uh, not necessarily in this order, is one, mediocrity is not a standard by which to operate or judge your success. Number two, I think that the people who are really successful are the ones who understand that this business is about more than lobbying. It's about the bigger picture and all of the people who are involved in all of the processes and, and the long-term strategic picture for an industry or client. And the third thing I've learned is that there are some people who I have learned do things in a ways that I would never want to do them. So just as we learn from the people that teach us really good things, we also can learn a lot from the people who um, don't do things in the best possible way or with the greatest level of integrity and um, and skills. Good answer. What is the best compliment you've ever gotten? Um, the best compliment I think I ever got, uh, I've gotten a few that have been really lovely. I think the best ones I've gotten have been from legislators, state and federal legislators, who have said to me, thank you for staying with us and working with us and getting us to a better place in the end to serve a lot of really, a lot of people who really needed something. What is your favorite issue you've ever worked on? 
favorite issue? I don't know that there is any. I love business issues and manufacturing issues. Um, I worked in the chemical industry for a lot of years, and that's often seen as a black hat issue, but very, very important to our economy. And I really, um, I think my favorite issue of all, which I've not yet had a chance to do from an advocacy standpoint, is financial literacy. If I could do anything, it would be in financial literacy. And I do have clients in the financial services world, but they're not in the sector of those who are doing financial literacy. Hmm. I think that's one of the most important issues in our lives. What is the hardest part about your job? The hardest part is that you're never off. Um, I deal in all 50 states as well as in Congress. And the last thing I do at night is make sure there's no news that will that has changed things. The first thing I do in the morning is look at my phone to see what news occurred last night and whether and how it might ha- might be changing my day. If you had unlimited amount of wealth, what would you do with it? Ooh, unlimited. It's very funny you asked that because we had a a super, super large mega millions, I think it was in the billions. Uh, recently, my husband and I had a really interesting conversation about that. Um, and we had decided we'd give most of it away. Um, we we have some, some particular things we'd want to give it. One would be housing. Another would be job training. And a third would be curing um, cancer for and helping take care of children um, I think one of the, um, I have, we both have very strong feelings about St. Jude's hospital and the good work that they do with cancer, uh, in children and taking care of families. That's a very good answer. So that's a perfect segue. When you talked about children, let's talk about your childhood. Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood? Where did you grow up? How was your childhood like and, and your college years? Um, Yeah, I grew up on Long Island, the South Shore of Long Island, and um, I had an older sister and a younger brother, and um, both my parents were together. Um, I would call it a happy childhood. I know my parents worked very, very hard to give us what we needed in life, um, and they made a lot of sacrifices. Um, Neither of my parents were educated beyond high school. Uh, My father actually was an Italian immigrant. He came over um, when he was 16 years old, um, having, he was living through World War II in Italy. He came to the U.S. and learned the language and learned to trade and built a business. And um, they worked very hard. They both gave up a lot for us. So I feel very fortunate. My mom is still alive, but one of the things that I really learned a lot about from my father, and I, I learned it in his life, but it was really very evident in his death, when I saw people from all walks of life and at every level of of the economic sphere came to honor him. And every one of them said the same thing, that he had a great personality and that he was a man of integrity. And uh, that was really, really very telling, very, very wonderful to hear at that point in my life. I actually left, um, having grown grown up in an Italian household, you know, the expectation was that you would um, 
you were going to go to college probably nearby and then you would get married and make babies and that would be your life and nothing wrong with that life but that wasn't the life for me um so i ended up going to a woman's college which was interesting because in going at goucher college in towson maryland was still a woman's college at the time and um Going to a woman's college, I think, put my father at a lot of ease when he walked around the dorms in some of the college tours we did. And he saw men coming down the hall in towels. I think that that was um, I think that made him really nervous, <laughs> but it was actually a really good thing. There were small classes, a lot of uh, a lot of good uh, learning and a lot of good attention from professors. And um, I studied political science. So uh, I kind of knew what general direction I was going to be heading in. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do with the degree, but I was generally uh, headed towards the political, legislative, government world. Oh, I see. And what was the degree in? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Yeah, sure. What was the degree in? Um, a bachelor's in political science. Okay. So so you knew from that get-go that you were interested in politics. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you a funny story. Um, uh, there was a game ca called Stratego. I'm a very strategic thinker. And I've always been, even since I was a little one. And I always look at the big picture and how the parts fit together. I do a lot of puzzles. So it's just kind of always been my way. And there was a game called Stratego and it was little bombs and little people on the military. And you would have to, um, you would have to set it up so that you would counter the other person's move so that you were saved or, or you had to hit them first. And uh, that game taught me a lot about um just the strategic way of thinking. Um, but I also knew that um, I really wanted, we had re relatives in Italy. And when my relatives would come to visit, we would often, I was growing up in New York, but we'd often drive down to DC and show them Washington, DC and take tours of the Capitol and such things. And I remember a child going to the gallery at the US Capitol and just watching everybody down there and what they were doing. And I thought, Oh, I want to do that. And, um, and I knew they were making laws and I knew what they were doing was important work for our country and a very pro patriotic kind of uh, perspective because of my father's, you know, being an immigrant that I had. And then many years later, I was a staffer in the Florida house of representatives and I was on the floor of the house with my chairman, helping to present a bill where we spent five hours in debate. And he was asking questions, he was asked questions as a sponsor. It was a workers' comp reform bill. And I sat at his desk on the floor. And as the questions were being asked of him, I'd be scribbling the answers, tearing off the page and handing him the answers. And I remember at one point there was a slight break where there was conversation. And I remember just kind of looking around at the gallery and all the people up there and thinking, wow, I am down there. Wow, that is truly something else. And mm -hmm. and what was your first job like? I mean, you I know after your, uh, you've graduated, 
did you um, immediately think that you were going to jump with both feet in into government relations? Not really. Um, I had actually done some work for the mayor that, uh, and later governor, uh, William Donald Schaefer of Baltimore. I worked in his public relations unit. And I also had spent a couple of summers doing internships in Washington, D.C. So um, I, I really wasn't sure exactly where to go with it and what to do with it. I kind of found my way into it over time. My first actual full paying job when I was a graduate was with a, a small communications and public relations firm. And that was really cool. Um, and I, I, I learned a lot about perceptions and realities and how people share perspective and the whole, a lot about the marketing and communication side of it. Um, but one of the things I would tell you I thought was really important about my education was that we were taught to be able to write clearly and to speak clearly and to think about things. And I, I will not lie, I cried every day in my Monday morning meeting with my writing professor, English freshman comp, but she taught me how to write. And I have honored that woman in many ways over the years for teaching me how to write. Nice. So, yeah. And and I've seen your long established career here. So you were a consultant, then you were a business manager. You also worked at Grassroots in your formative years. What um, what role did you think has actually defined or shaped you who you are today? Which aspect of it? As a professional, I would say that they all made a difference. Because one of the things I've learned about government relations is that government relations and lobbying are not equal. They are not identical or, or they're not synonyms. Government relations is a profession of influencing public policy and using advocacy as a means of doing so. But that lobbying is but one single tactic in a, a well-defined strategy for accomplishing an organization's strategic goals. And I think that all of my ability to do the communications, to understand how that works, to understand how to develop strategy, to develop, to understand how to do all the grassroots and grass tops, tactical things, websites and, and communicating and, 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 and all the things that go along with that, making relationships, working with volunteers, training volunteers, recruiting volunteers, um, writing policy, writing law, um, things of that sort, it all takes you to that professional culmination. We start out as people who handle tasks. And in this business, you grow to become a strategist. And at a certain point, you I know for me, at least, I recognize that my growing was impacting me because I wanted, I started thinking a little differently. I started thinking more like a strategist than a tactician. And I knew that that was, you know, moving into the next phase, the middle and then the upper parts of my career. Um, as a, as a human, I think probably the thing that shaped me the most was my time as a staffer in the Florida House of Representatives. 
where we had, I had, I was very fortunate. I worked for a chairman who gave me a lot of the front page issues in the state. Um, so I've worked a lot of issues in my day, but I will say that some of them tug at your heartstrings a little more than others. And, um, but I always really love the business issues. Mm. I just think business is the generator that keeps our society whole. If we can have good job, if we have fun- well-functioning businesses, we have good jobs and we have people taking care of themselves. And I think that's all very, very important. Mm. And I've seen in your career, you've, you've established a few organizations on your own, right? Uh, I see the Deseta group, and then I also see you are a co-founder at Professional Women in Advocacy. Can you talk us a little through as to, you know, what those organizations were for and how did you, and what were the missions behind it? Well, um, what happened was at a certain point, it's very interesting at, at a certain point in my career, I went into an uh, association and I was at a pretty senior level at that point. And I had, um, it was a brand new program and my boss had said, develop a program and give us what you want to do with this. And I wrote the strategic plan and, and the work plan for the, probably the next year to two years and um, he said, you know, I'm not sure about this. Let's bring in a consultant. And $40,000 later, the consultant basically said what I had said needed to be done. And I thought, wait a minute, I should be doing that work, right? <laughs> because if I'm going to work for people who are questioning whether this is the right thing, because it's kind of a DC thing that we have, we need a consultant to tell us it's right or wrong. Yeah. Um, then I, I felt like it was time for me to go do that. So I went into business for myself uh, and I, um, did that and I did very well and I was very comfortable. I found that I did not like doing the administrative. When I say administrative, I mean the accounting stuff. I didn't like sitting down and doing invoices once a month. I didn't like having to build and and maintain a website. Like I wanted other people to do that stuff. And I was just starting out. So I really didn't, I had to start doing all of those things. And as I was at the point where I said, do I want to bring somebody on board or not? I said, no. And I met um, Tom Rosenfield, who was the president of Hill Staffer. And we worked together as colleagues on at the ASAE, the American Society of Association Executives. He was the incoming chair of the government relations group. And subsequently, I became a chair. And we worked very well together. And we recognized that we could do some things together. So I basically moved from one and, and took my business and, and went into Hill Staffer. Very happy ever since. Uh, really like what I'm doing and like the what I do, who I do it for, and how I do it. Um, so, th- and we were a virtual office before virtual was cool. I see. And and you moved into Hill Staffer, and this was all in DC. And what made you move to North Carolina? Um, you know, we just we lived in a four story townhome on Capitol Hill. And you reach a certain point where everything is on a different floor. And when you're not 30 years old anymore, you just don't want to keep going up and down, climbing the steps. Um, We also um, just wanted to live a more peaceful kind of existence in our non-working hours. 
And we knew that it was close enough to DC to come here, that we could go back and forth. So we decided to make the move. And when I went to Tom and told him I wanted to do this, he was extremely supportive. And he suggested that I open a Raleigh office here. And um, it's been really nice to be able to have that. Uh, one of the other things I've done along the way too is uh, several years back, I got my certified association executive credential, my CAE. And it really has broadened my perspective with regards to associations um, and trade associations and professional societies for how they operate and why they operate the way they do and how to really integrate their government relations and, and advocacy strategies into the bigger needs of the organization. Often I find that a lot of associations, especially smaller and sometimes at the state level, they are picking and choosing issues because that's hot right now, as opposed to looking out on the environment, understanding what's coming down the pike, doing what needs to be done in the advocacy environment, but not necessarily as a lobbyist to prepare for the the, 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 to get that issue ready for prime time, as I'd like to say, and to then be able to apply different tactics to get the organization's success. Mm. So I've been able to do all those things and I'm, I'm very proud of that. Thanks. And Love being here in Raleigh too. <laughs> and, uh, do you have any, um, specifics as to what kind of clientele do you have at Hillstaff or here? or what kind of policies you're currently working on? We have um, we have both corporate and association clients. Um, I will tell you that um, the three main verticals, industry verticals, are manufacturing and chemicals, um, financial services, and healthcare. And we have a, um, and that's been really nice, and we have specialists who have been involved in those issues for many, many years. Uh, one of the things I really like about Hill Staffer is, um, and having been on the other side where I've bought vendor services, um, you often deal with the top people. And then once you sign your, your contract, they get pushed to a junior person for the day-to-day. -day. That doesn't happen with us because we are all senior people. We've all you know, earned our stripes. We've all got lots of war stories to tell. And uh, it's a really nice group of very smart and very experienced people who have functional expertise, uh, relationships, as well as uh, sub subject matter knowledge expertise. So it's been a great experience. Excellent. With that, we move into the last segment where anything about um, yourself, your aspirations, uh, or you want to promote in your organization, the platform is all yours. Huh, great question. Um, boy, my future is, I, I see myself really where I am now. Um, I, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the people I do it with. And the beauty of my job, which is the beauty for our clients, is that I can scale up the amount of time I want to put into it and I can scale it down. Uh, my, our clients can scale up their efforts when they need to and scale it down when they don't need it, which creates a very cost-effective and a very efficient way of working because we don't work on um, a monthly retainer basis. So you only pay for what you're doing. And that's a very unusual model in this world. Um, 
And that works for the clients, but it also works for me because as I'm getting into my senior, more senior years in the business, um, I will probably over the next several years start to taper down what I do and I can still stay engaged uh, and active and keep my mind active and stay current on all the trends and still do all the professional education that I do for myself to stay current, but to be able to do it in a way that that works for my lifestyle. So I think that that's a really good uh, thing. We love living, as we say now, uh, we used to live vertically in a four-story home. We live horizontally now. We have more than a postage stamp of grass, which we are really liking. (laughs) And um, it's just a very different kind of lifestyle. We made a lifestyle change and we got exactly what we asked for. And it's, it's not just as good as what we wanted. It's actually a lot better. Nice. And it's been a pleasure and a delight to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Deepak. I appreciate you doing this. I appreciate being invited. Thank you so much.